Welcome to episode 15 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengiz, and we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? So starting off, we have Amon Ket. That's right. We're not even bantering. We're going right into That's it. That's it, man. <laughs> we don't have time. We're just down to business. Uh, so what did you think of Amon Ket now that the... So... Uh, it full was, list is out. Pre-release just happened for us in our timeline, and the cards come out shortly after this recording. Yeah, I know. I was really surprised that a lot of my predictions... Well, I wouldn't say a lot of my predictions, but I remember last cast, I said to said to you, like, each of these gods, I believe... Actually, I don't know if I said this on cast, but I said each of these gods is going to have some kind of mechanic to make them active, and it's going to be color-specific. It's not going to be like... Devotion, it's going to be like a color specific devotion. Lo and behold, each one does. And they have the means to activate their own devotion, which I think was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a lot of the design choices in this. Um, but as far as the set overall, I think it's cool. But I just don't think like nothing's really there to be like, you know, wow. You know? I guess. Okay. Yeah. I think I still think it's a solid set, um, I, but after like the the madness that was Kaladesh, like <laughs> I mean, I you know I didn't really like Kaladesh. Yeah, that's a set. Do like, you like this more? I do. I like Amon Ket. I like where Amon Ket's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm. Oh yeah, I think wise, I'm, this is really interesting. Oh no, I just mean in terms of like <laughs> I like the idea of what the next expansion is going to be. Power of Devastation, <laughs> the Bolus expansion. That's right. Um, because there's no Bolus here, but we know no, he's there. He's there. He's, he's coming. He's mentioned. <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of cards. I mean, blue green Nissa. I really like her. That was an interesting choice, uh, I, and it's a solid card. I like her. Um, um, an X cost planeswalker with a not so ultimate ultimate to compensate for the fact that you know it's X cost. Nissa's steward of elements. Um, I see many ways in which I could break that card. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did notice, and I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like a lot of the rares, like basic rares. I first off, I feel like there's. There's more rares than anything else in the set. Like I feel like every card I saw was a rare. And it definitely seems that way, but I guess I don't really have the numbers to really back that up. Me neither. But is it just me, or did this set just seem to have like a lot of rares? I think it just seems like maybe just the rares are just more special than the uncommons and commons so much that they stick out more. Maybe. I don't know. I just I looked at them and I wasn't really wowed by a lot of them. Like I'm getting a box, but all I could think was like, there's a lot of rares that I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna look at it and I'm gonna be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I understand. This you know what is, I mean? That's uh it's kind of part of my apprehension of buying a box this set. Like um, I, I like a lot of the mythics. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I like that blue enchantment. The one with the hands where it's just like things become free. It's like the aether vial, but yeah. not. <laughs> um As foretold. Yeah. Yeah. I like as foretold a lot, um, for many reasons. One specifically because I just built and we'll talk about the dual decks momentarily. But I just built a Joyra deck, mm-hmm. um, a, a Commander Joyra deck, and it the entire deck runs on time counters, and I have different ways to play with time counters. So as foretold, doesn't have a built-in mechanism to get rid of time counters on it. Mm-hmm. I have several mechanisms in my Joyra deck that do that. <laughs> so I can play with that card, I think, a little bit more. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but I like that card. New Lily is okay. New Gideon's dumb. New Gideon is is dumb. I mean, do you like New Gideon? I mean, I don't like Gideon. Like, I do, don't, you, do you like New Gideon? I mean, New Gideon's... 
I mean, like, if you were playing Gideon Tribal in EDH, like, you'll, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll love New Gideon. Yeah. Because as long as you control a Gideon, you can't lose. <laughs> but you can't control more than one Gideon at any time That's anyway. That's true. So, but good thing there's a bajillion Gideons. I, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, you can't put more than one in play. I mean... It's just dumb because yeah. that's what that's his ultimate, right? That is his ultimate, his 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 zero cost ultimate. <laughs> Read it exactly. Um, so it's zero loyalty. Uh, you get an emblem with as, and this is in quotes. As long as you control a Gideon Planeswalker, you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. Huh. Yeah. So as long as you control a Gideon, you can't lose. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't. I just don't play that many Gideons. I know someone must though. Someone who has like every Gideon is like, oh my god, I I can make my <laughs> my legacy Gideon deck is going to be impossible to beat. <laughs> I just yeah, I I I don't play. I don't play that many Gideons. I just don't. I I don't know, man. I. No, Even I my Planeswalker I just, deck. I just think it's an interesting design choice, but it's kind of like on the nose. Like, hey, you're making a lot of Gideons. You even acknowledge the fact that you're making a lot of Gideons in this well, ultimate. Well, granted, I think it's also this general theme that they've realized that Planeswalkers are a type, and they're starting to do Planeswalker tribals. Yeah. And they started that with the last set. In I just, Aether Revolt, they had that card that was like, if you control a Nickel Bolas Planeswalker... Yeah, but I think that's more like foretelling of the next set. It was, but what I'm saying is I think that that's... This, think, this is a, this they is might a play, theme. You think they might play around with that a little bit more? I think that's going to be a theme. Like, they're going to be like, hey... If you control a Nissa Planeswalker... Yeah, and, this happens. And if you control a this Planeswalker, this happens. And mm, so forth. I don't and know so if on. I like that, though. Yeah, no, I'm not a big from fan. A, from a design standpoint. They got to they gotta do something, man. Yeah, I suppose. Um, one, speaking of design standpoints, one ability that I can't believe they made almost makes me want to play standard because I feel like I've already found a way to break it. I haven't looked at the cards close enough yet, but I feel like between this... This set and the next set, I've already figured out how to break it in standard. Um, exert, yeah, it's there. They no. built their own breaking of that, they <laughs> yeah. built the combo. It's there, yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you know the combo? Uh, it's what is it? It's white. Um, no, 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 I thought it was white. No, it's colorless, and it was in Aether Revolt. What is it? It's a little, little known thing that I said was going to be broken. <laughs> and I, I I want a million copies of it. Good old Paradox Engine. Paradox Engine. Yeah. Yeah? Because the whole thing about Exert is, if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, look at Exert real quick. Uh, I believe Exert says that, like, they're, the Exert, for those, you know, that haven't seen Amon Ket yet, the Exert ability is um, an optional ability that happens when you attack. Um, yes. It gives them uh, like a power boost of some sort, or they do something awesome. Um, but in in return for that, they don't untap on your untap step, I believe. Correct. Right? Your next untap step. Correct. It does not untap. Yeah. They already built in their own breaking of that. Paradox Engine. Anytime you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents. Yeah. So you play Paradox Engine, and now you exert every turn. <laughs> and as long as you cast a spell on your next turn... You're untapping everything anyway, I mean, and you if, just re-exert if them. You, if you give everything uh, vigilance, you already break it. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like, it's just, I I think exert is going to be a stupid ability. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very good for aggro decks. I don't know how it's going to work out in modern, but I think in standard, I 
if I had to guess what I believe would start to take the standard aggro scene, definitely, if not the standard scene in general, it would be exert. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I I mean, we, we'll talk about this later when we bring up the uh, the ban and restricted list. But um, but I don't I think it will be good, but I'm not sure how it'll deal with the current standard environment. But like I said, we could talk about that when mm-hmm. we bring up the brand and restricted list. Yeah. Um, but do you want to any other cards? Um, I like the. I mean, what do you think of our your, your little sideways cards? My sideways cards. Yeah, <laughs> those were uh, your little like your little doubles that are now like one one way and one the other way. They're interesting. They're I ugly like. As fuck. They are dude. super ugly. Yeah. Um, I. I, I it kind of forces. There's not as many like like monocolored ones as I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. They kind of all force you. Most of them well, force you to there's, do. There's five monocolored, mm-hmm. and then what? Ten multi. Yeah, one for each combination I, of of I, two. Yeah, I mean, like I'm glad they didn't go crazy with it, but you know, I mean, all the colors are there. All the color combos are there. So like, if you're playing whatever set, you know, you have like if you're playing green red, you have something for green red. Right. You have a nice wipe for green red. Um, you know, a couple things. You're playing like uh Simic. There's a nice it's Simic flavored too. Um so you know, they're they're there. Um they're interesting. I mean it's value. Uh they're not all rare or No, yeah. they are. No. Uncommon. Oh, the multis are uncommon? Some uh, oh five of them are uncommon. The other ten are rare. Yeah. Um so you know, they're not all rare. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's interesting. I don't, I hope they don't do it again. Um, I hope if they're going to do anything, like get a better design on it. But yeah. you know, uh, beyond that, uh, nice uh, Minotaur Tribal card, uh, Minotaur Tribal uh, Commander. What weird what weird tribals they have? <laughs> they have Naga Minotaur. Like, yeah. what are these things? Um, like, geez. I mean, it's kind of Egyptian. No, I get it, but like, just still, it's just it's yeah, like it's wild. But you know, uh, I like the Minotaur uh, legendary. I think I might try to make a a, a black red a Rakdos uh, Minotaur tribal deck. I think mm. that'd be cool. There's uh, a really good mono green Naga, like a really good mono. Yeah, green the Naga. tender of. Uh, uh, Vizier of the Menagerie. Yeah, you want to read it? Yeah. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library. Uh, you may do this at any time. You may cast a top card of the library if it's a creature card. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast t- creature spells. That's good. That's really good. That's like... EDH? Yeah. yeah that's, that's really good. That's a good fix. <laughs> that's a that's a good, like... If you're playing creature-based deck. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, fix. I play creature-based decks. I mean, if you're running green, chances are you've probably got, you've got creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another... Uh, there's another kind of doubling season esque card in this set too, but it's white, which is kind of like makes kind of peeves me off a little bit. But I mean, uh, white does tokens. White does tokens. That's true. But most of my tokens decks are Jund or Gruel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mix in a lot of white. Um, but what do you think of the gods? Um, I mean, they're, they're all not, right. They're not OP. Uh, I I liked, gods. I liked Theros gods better. Well, that's because Theros gods were ridiculous. I think, and as gods should be. Yeah, I mean these are not. They're more ridiculous than your standard creature for their casting cost and their, you know. Yeah, but I mean I don't know. I I'm not as a big fan of these gods as I was of the Theros gods. Um, it's neat that they have their own built-in activations like. 
and like there's ways in which like you can do things to kind of help them get to where they need to be. But at the same time, like I just I wish they would have just done devotion. You don't you don't see these guys as uh commanders anytime soon? Oh no. No, no I'd never play any of them as commanders. <laughs> um I'm not saying people won't. I'm just saying I personally wouldn't. Fair enough. Um overall, I mean I like the set. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It's just decent. Mm-hmm. I see that. Wizards is still going to get my money. There you go. Either way. <laughs> um, and perhaps uh, I might live stream my pack release. Nice. Maybe. We'll see. But by the time you this podcast comes out, it will have already happened. Or it won't have happened. Either way. <laughs> you know we don't. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll have known by that point. Uh, so also in product release. Um, dual so decks. Dual decks. Mine versus Might. I said I built a Joyra deck. You did. I've wanted a Joyra for a long time. Not to say that Joyra was expensive, but I just never I just never personally picked one up. And so now I did. And I have a Joyra. And a really nice Mind's Desire, too. Um, with, like, the cool brain-exploding ultimate <laughs> art. Yeah. Um, I very much did. I do. Did do. <laughs> like Joyra. Yeah. And now I have a nice Joyra EDH deck. I had a Lavissa already, um, not a de- not in deck, but I mean, like I had the card. The alternate art is nice, um, and there was a lot of nice cards in Lavissa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's good value in the deck, and personally, I think it's well worth the, the the twenty bucks if you find it in your local shops or otherwise. I'm actually more shocked you didn't pick up a copy like because said, of the Lavissa. I mean, like, meh. I don't know. Like I said, I was still kind of lukewarm. I'm still kind of lukewarm about it. Um, I mean, there are some good cards in here. Well, this is like the Kurt tribal. Yeah, but it's mono red. So I'm not. You know, I, if I'm gonna do red, I like to splash in my green. So what about the red green elf that creates red green mana? That's true. But that's not really a command. I don't like that. I, I like my commander do things, Steve. <laughs> I'm very picky about my command decks. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but otherwise, it looks good. I mean, the alternate art cards are really nice. Um, you know, there's definitely some like really nice cards that you may want. I mean, um, I think it's nice. I mean, I'm glad you you get a kick out of it. Um, I, oh, I, the Joyra deck is I, I nasty. Do not, I do not look forward to facing this Joyra deck. I can't wait. I don't know how it's going to fare in multiplayer. I mean, chances are she'll come out and someone will make her explode before I do anything with That's her. That's true. But I mean, I can, I can, you know, in response, no, I can we've been playing some ability. real passive decks in these past couple. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of that comes from do. we've. I mean, we've talked a lot about how we play Cowboy Bang Commander, and you know. The thing about it is recently, one thing that we thought took away from the game, or two things we realized took away from the game, and I do... I still think it's a good choice. It was, on both accounts. But for those, I do recommend for those of you that have adopted our version of Commander to consider these facts. One thing we did away with is um, your you choose your deck. We, we, always cho- we always chose our decks after we got our roles, because some decks just won't work for certain roles. But we stopped saying them out loud as we did them. Because sometimes people would pick one deck and another person might have an idea and then they'd switch their idea to better counteract the deck that the person across from them picked. So we reveal our decks all at the same time so nobody can pick a deck just to specifically counter somebody else's deck. So that made the difficulty and, you know, sort of the balancing games different. But then the main thing that we changed is we 
for the most part, to the best of our abilities, got rid of <laughs> role talk. Yes. Because um, a lot of times you'd be like, oh, well, this person's clearly this. This person must be this. There'd just be a lot of role talk. Now it's like you don't say your what your role might be. You don't say what anybody else's role might be. You don't like, you don't appease the sheriff. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also stopped doing that as well. We stopped saying a lot of us would be like, all right, sheriff, where do you want me to swing? Whether or not you were an outlaw or anything. No, you just sort of make a decision on your own and kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it has become a different game because it's more intrigue and it's more like, do I really want to, you know, screw this person over because they might be my ally? Yeah. Um, Thankfully, we play with people who also play with their, uh, for lack of a better word, hearts on their sleeves and, uh, they (laughs) very little intrigue. They usually go right for the throat and it's easy to like single them out and then go from there yeah but sometimes they don't get a strong start so you kind of have to wait and like see who's going to be your uh ally and who's going to be your enemy Mm -hmm. and uh i mean it's great for decks that i play because i i love having the setup time um um, but for other people you know it's your prosh deck did really well yeah it's really it's it's banging I uh, can't wait to finish that out. If mm-hmm. I wasn't building a new computer, I would totally be finishing that out. But the new computer has precedence. Um, but yeah, we'll see how Jorva does multiplayer. Yeah, you know, I only time will tell. We'll um, talk about it next time. Yeah, product releases. Yeah, they're chugging along, man. We are just zooming. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, listeners. Uh, product release announcements. So Wizards just just announced a bunch of product. We had already told you that there was going to be an Arch Enemy set coming out. Yes. Um, so which, that's kind of old which news. Which, for those of you who have not pre-ordered it yet, uh, it's going to be coming with that special uh, die that only came in the Commander's Toolkit. Uh, <laughs> that, that little thing that Jengish wants really yeah, badly. Really, really badly. Can you even pre-order it yet? I mean, yeah, our store's I'm taking sure pre-orders. I'm sure you could go to be like any of your comments. I don't think so. It's I think, a product. It's on the list. Yeah, but know? I don't think... Uh, most stores don't take pre-orders until like it's usually like a month away. Because they don't know how many they're getting. I mean, I guess. Especially with a limited product, like Commander's like, Arsenal. Can you imagine I'm, if people took... Like, I'm sure Highlander would be like, hey, if I were like, hey, I'd like to put my name down for this. I'm like, sure, we'll take your money. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's different with Magic, I think. I think it really does depend on how much product they're getting. But regardless of that fact, so we have... Um, so we know that the next... Arch Enemy, yeah. as we said. Uh, um, Hour of Devastation, Devastation which yes. is the next set, which is the Nickel Bolas you know, super set. Um, but then a really interesting so, so thing. So before uh, before we found out about this this interesting, I mean I don't know if you were going to talk about this as the interesting thing, but they moved up the Commander 2017 set to uh, I think it was September. September, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a whole two months earlier than they normally do. And I thought I actually said to Dave at the time, like I wonder what's going to take that place because usually they. Usually they kind of like, they. I mean, they never really strayed from this norm. Which, talking about Commander real quick, they announced that the Commander 2017, it's going to be four decks instead of five. And they're going to be tribal-based, and they're not going to be color-themed. So no longer will you have to worry about, like, all the other decks. It was like, you know, there were the monocolor decks, and then like the, you know two color decks four and color, four yeah. color decks and there was always like a color scheme to and a color theme to the commander decks they're not restricting colors they're not bound by any specific colors they could use one color multiple times throughout and they could use one color not at all um but it's going to be tribal based um predictions um i thought about like th- i mean i would like to see 
I would like to see dragons. I would like to see um, elementals. I would like to see uh, interesting things, mm-hmm. not like the you know elves, merfolk, yada yada yada. So yeah, I'm I'm just sort of thinking. I've just been thinking like, what haven't we seen decks of already? Because a lot of dual decks have been tribal. We had elves versus goblins a long time ago. We had angels versus demons. We've had knights versus dragons. Like so, I, I'm thinking it's if it's going to be tribal, it's going to be things that we haven't seen, especially things that we haven't seen in the commander format. In the commander format, when the mono decks came out, and I mentioned this to you. Mm-hmm. The green mono deck was, for all intents and purposes, an elf deck. Yeah. The red mono deck was very goblin. Like, yeah. So, and the black deck was very zombie. You know what I mean? Like, it's, so it's the staples that we've come to see. And right. So, merfolk oh or fairy. You know what make it me, might be. You know what make me really happy? What naga. Oh, so, I don't, so I don't actually have to build my Naga deck. I could just buy a Naga deck and build off that. <laughs> Probably have a better better time, better luck with Snake rather than Naga. That's true. But, or Hydra. Hydra's what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. Hydra would be real good. Hydra would be. That's what I meant um, to say. Hydra deck would be crazy. Good. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but go ahead. You were saying the interesting thing about moving up, and then oh, we found out it was yes. in September. Uh, so what we found out so on... Uh, April 420, um, Wizards of the Coast posted an article. Wizards of the Coast got really (laughs) high. Uh, So uh, the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, we've already mentioned this a million times, so we'll say it again, uh, is Hasbro. Uh, Hasbro has decided that they're going to be launching their first ever convention called HasCon uh, in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, And Magic is going to be there in force. Um, So not only... Um, are they going to be the already so this uh, this press release goes on uh, magic is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year so mm-hmm. you know uh, congratulations magic <laughs> uh, and so part of hascon is they're introducing the next uh, masters set uh, which is going to be iconic masters mm-hmm. and that was the interesting thing I was gonna say <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, which iconic masters is going to be it's from what they say, it's their favorite and most memorable spells over the game's entire history. And it's going to be much like the modern masters and uh, so on and so forth. It's going to be boosters, uh, 24 pack. Uh, boost- it's a master set. It's a master it's 24 set. packs and it's expensive. So 15. boxes will run about 200 bucks. Yep. Uh, and it's actually releasing in November, but anyone who goes to Hascon in September will be able to play it, will be able to get product <laughs> two months before release, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, especially because uh, that'll go online for big money. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's Makes great. Me go to, when's, when's Hascon? Hascon's in September. <laughs> Did they give a date? Uh, yeah, September 8th to the 10th. I think that's like the very first weekend yeah, that I get back. You also, you also have a child on the way. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, still. Yeah, it would be nice. That be. I mean, Rhode Island's not that far. It's a drive. Yeah, ask people. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, Joe's going. <laughs> Somebody um, get me product. Yeah, right. Um, um, and they're also going to be uh, featuring their next set after Hour of Devastation, which is going to be our next block, uh, which is Ixalan. Whatever that is. <laughs> is that the code name or is no, that the actual that set is name? That is the name. Oh, geez. Right? <laughs> I'm guessing it's another new plane. 
Yeah. Who knows what will happen with uh, Hour of Devastation, but where will our wacky Planeswalker group go next? The Gatewatch. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see what cards are going to be in Iconic Masters. Me too. Uh, I, I know I what can I already tell you one of them. Sarah Angel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shivon Dragon's probably going to be there too. I know what I could hope for, but if they haven't done it, if they didn't do it in Eternal Masters, they definitely won't do it in Iconic Masters, so it doesn't matter. What is it? Dual Dance. Oh, that'd be so nice. Right? The market would just crash. It would crash. <laughs> crash and burn, but like, I would, I would, I mean, make a mythic. Yeah. I don't mythic know if you could. Lands, that'd be- Actually, now that I say that, I don't even know if you could, only because the... That'd be like ten lands. Yeah, that's ten mythics, and the set. I don't think you can't that'd be afford, like all that, the mythics in the set. That's not in the mythic budget. So they have to just be rare. God, can you imagine? Oh my God, I would buy <laughs> so I mean, much iconic masters. I mean, they say here the set brings an array of angels, sphinxes, demons, dragons, and hydras uh, as well. So I mean, you know, something to look at. I yeah, mean, consecrated sphinx will be in there. Yeah, I bet you probably. Um, but God, just give me one set that reprints dual lands, which will be nice. It's yeah. always nice to get new artwork on these cards. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's coming. September will be here before we know it, um, and we'll be seeing all about. And it looks like there's not going to be a spoiler season for Iconic Masters. The spoiler season is going to be Hascon. Hmm. You know, it's Hascon's going to be the place where we're first going to see these cards, unless there's some kind of crazy leak. Um, <laughs> you know, hmm. so that should be interesting. Yeah. Um, Yes, Hascon. Um, Coming to a Rhode Island near you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they updated the banned and restricted lists. That's right. Uh, too much, too much, uh, mm, uh, not fanfare. What's the opposite of fanfare? <laughs> Chagrin. Yeah, right? I think that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The the big the big thing is uh, Sensei's Divining Top got is, banned in is Legacy. Banned in Legacy. The top is which banned. Is, which is a shame because I have a feeling my all my top value is about to just <laughs> plummet. Yeah, right. Um, maybe, but no, I mean top is still good in Commander oh, and it's, it's still legal it's in a Vintage. Solid card. So, but it is banned in Modern and Legacy now. Yeah, it's just too, a, just a, it slows down games too much, man. It's a, it's a good card. You actually, it's funny because right before this announcement came out. Days before, somebody from Wizards posted this. Yeah, there's like a photo. sign outside of Wizards headquarters. It's like a like a no parking type sign, like in a space that just says "Ban Senseis," uh, <laughs> ban the top and legacy, or what was it? Was it? Just ban, ban, it was just ban Sensei. Ban top or it something ban like top, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did. Congratulations, <laughs> sign guy. It worked. <laughs> um, Wizards reasoning, uh, like I said, is that it slows down. It slows down the game. Right. So like a crawl. Because so, you're always checking. You're but, always checking your card. But it also it also ruined a deck. Um something that our buddy Joe, our, that we play magic with, yes. um mentioned is uh in in his opinion, um top is what pretty much made miracles playable. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, of course it did. <laughs> and so I it's it'll be interesting to see well, Miracles is dead. Yeah. I was about to say it'd be interesting to see what happens to Miracles. <laughs> Long live Dredge, uh, Miracles is dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> um that's it. Because they have no you can't do that fix now, you know, mm. not that same way. I mean you can with a lot of blue spells, but so many of the blue spells are also just like Ugh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so so we'll see. Uh, I'd be interested to see how the legacy environment changes because of that. 
Vintage, I mean, Gitaxian Probe got restricted and Gush got restricted, but I'll be honest, I don't care about Vintage. <laughs> I mean, like, vintage some is just, people care about Vintage. Vintage is the format that is just never a format I can ever play in. Yeah. I barely have a Legacy deck, and yeah. it took me a while to build. And even then, it's it's not the greatest, but like that's that's as far as I can get. Um, the big the big thing for me was the new commander bans. Yes, um, and unbans. <laughs> so Leovold Leo got banned. banned. Everyone cried. Which, no, everyone was like, "This makes complete and total no sense." But there are plenty of threads on Reddit like, "Oh, this Leovold deck that I just finished building." It's now useless. <laughs> yeah, well, good because Leovold was OP. He was OP. Um, surprisingly, they unbanned Protean Hulk. I don't think it's that surprising. That's huge, man. Yeah, but the meta's changed. There's so many cards now. Yeah, but I mean, I can think of all different ways on how to abuse. I, we'll I literally it. wrote down at the top of this notebook that I have in front of me Protean Hulk to remind myself <laughs> I have to stick my Hulk in a deck because I know exactly what deck I'm going to put it in. Nice. I'm going to put it in Blink. Oh, that sucks. I hate you. And I'm going to blink Protean Hulk <laughs> a bunch of times and be like, oh, look, more creatures. Oh, more blinky creatures. Oh, more blinky creatures. And yeah, no, I, I like, can see Protean it. Hulk is a, it is a, it is a very combo no, card. No, to self, um, put more creature hate and maybe run counters. What? Go home. <laughs> I, you know, I also checked the price of Hulk because I was wondering, I was if like, it's where gonna, is it's Hulk? going to shoot up? Well, I, I was wondering where it was at. I didn't realize that Hulk is still at a solid twenty bucks. Yeah, I, I was sure like I was gonna look and it was gonna be like Hulk five dollars, and if it was five dollars, I was gonna buy like a whole bunch. I was gonna buy at least another playset because I only I think I only have one or two. I think at this point the price is gonna go up now. Oh yeah, now that you can play the commander, totally. <laughs> those, um, those commander people they got money to burn. <laughs> I mean, I I really do think Wizards just underestimates how much. Well, it's not Wizards. Well, it, it's Hasbro. That, well, no, I'm saying the commanders that. That that one group who manages the commander side of things for Wizard, like no, I'm not saying <laughs> them. I'm saying like oh. I was just saying in general. I think Wizards. It'd be nice if we got a Protean Hulk reprint. Wizards underestimates the commander base in terms think, of the value of their cards. I don't cards. think they do because we've seen it plenty of times. There's commander bait in so many of these sets. There is, but they're still missing the crucial component. The thing that would put it above the rest, they should take a page out of the French's notebook, and they should make commander a tournament style. Yeah. It should be a legal tournament style. And I mean, I know it is for like F&Ms, but I mean, like, it should be like, there should be Grand Prix and and a commander pro tour and like... Like you, commander to, should be. They might have to adopt the uh, the dual commander rules from France, though. and that, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'd be health? fine. Yeah, all those specific bands for dual commander. Yeah, I mean, commander one on one, it can be very broken. Yeah, you need to have a specific set of rules. But I mean, even if even if they figured out a way to make a multiplayer version of of like you know what I mean, like just that, do it. That would be insane. That'd be awesome. That would be like way too much time. <laughs> oh, I would love it. Um, but anyway, long story short, I. I am very surprised about Protean Hulk. <laughs> Commander Pro Tour, a week-long event. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, one, one event per day. But, this is, but, <laughs> but see, this is exactly what I'm talking about, because oh, with a week-long event, that's a week-long worth of people buying product. That's true. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, it's... it's it's money in their pocket. They just need to. They just need to put it out there. It has to be, it has to be during the summer, though, so more people can go. Yeah, right. Um, um, but I think the biggest thing about uh, well, that aside, uh, I do pay attention to the standard scene a bit. 
um, because I find it interesting uh, and a bunch of people I know play um, is that there's no bands in standard, which came as a shock to a lot of people. Why? What did they think was going to get banned? Uh, part of the infinite cat combo that's been dominating the the top rankings or part of Mardu Vehicles, which has also been dominating the part. The two decks, the two powerhouses of standard right now is four color Sahili Rai and Mardu Vehicles. Um, it it doesn't make sense. Why? Because when they the way that standard is rotating now, banning the combo is just not worth it. No, I understand. It's going to type out. I mean, they even say, you know, they're still giving it because Amonkhet, I mean, they mention here um, at the very bottom, you know, they they recognize that it is a thing uh, and a lot of people were calling for bans, but Amonkhet just released. They want to give Amonkhet time to breathe. See if that, because there there is tech in Amonkhet to counter both of these things. Right. Um, you know, there's things that specifically, you look at this card, you're like, oh, this is to counter the Sahili infinite cat combo. Mm-hmm. Um, but the matter is like, you know, but people still wanted those bands. Um, but I understand wizards, you know, I, because I mean, this is something, you know, if they ban part of that combo, that is explicitly admitting that Kaladesh, uh, was broken. They, they, they made a broken set, right? You know, they still don't want to admit that. I, I personally, like I said, I personally think if it's just a standard issue, it's going to type out before... Like, people are going to gripe about it for now, but standard is one of those things that's ever-changing. It's going to be gone before you know it. There's still going to be a pro tour before... <laughs> Fine. I know. So it, so it does what it does. I, I just but hope that, you know, we'll see what the... I think they're going to get into trouble if it bleeds into modern yeah. and it ends up somehow dominating the modern scene. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's gonna be it's, they're gonna be like all right now it's time to do the Van Hammer's got to come down like yeah. you know what I mean but like in in standard I just don't think there's not enough time for any for any combos of cards to be in standard long enough for them to really make that decision. I just feel like a lot of what makes these two decks powerful is in the Kaladesh set Kaladesh is gonna be around for a good while at least at least another year um, you know so a year exact yeah but I mean that's a year of people. You know, potentially that's a year of a stagnating. You also don't know how Amonkhet's going to change in our devastation or, 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 it's, or like, you know, Ignagrok when it comes out. And yeah. uh, true, I, I know, but the people are you know, Magic fans, especially people who play Standard, uh, they're pessimists. <laughs> you know, they they you know they they're thinking this is going to be a year of a a stale a Standard scene mm-hmm. that's going to do bad for player attendance. No one's going to want to go in because like, oh, I'm either going to have to play deck A or deck B. Because there's really no deck C, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, I'm curious to see what the pro scene, what they come up with, because you know this is something that needs to be addressed. I hope it's not just all Mardu vehicles and four colors Sahilis, but we'll see. Like you said, we have a couple sets coming out between then and the next. The next ban list is going to come out in June. June 14th is going to be the next. Right. So we'll see. Well, you know what happens in May. What happens uh, to Amonkhet? And then yeah, Amonkhet, and we'll go from there. I'm curious to see, but uh, but yeah, that's why I was saying like, um, that's why I'm saying like this set is like this Amonkhet set. Yes, it's nice. I see a lot of great cards, um, but it I'm not so 100 percent of going into standard because like I don't want to have to deal with Sahili and Mardu. Um, if people are like already like have those decks set and ready, you know, mm. but we'll see. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of janky ways to get around it, 
But if you want to aim for like number one, I mean, I don't really find the Sahili four, you know, four color Sahili or motor vehicles that fun to like. It doesn't appeal to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And if that's a deck I have to play to really be competitive in the standard scene, that's not something that's you know, it's it's not something I want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's standard, you know. Um, but yeah, anyways, being restricted. <laughs> yeah, so there it is. Um, moving forward, Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, you love it. Every month, <laughs> we have a plethora. Well, actually, uh, so uh, funny thing. Uh, so we've there have been tons of Unearthed Arcana, and this is this is deliberate on Wizards' part. Um, is that they wanted to have like a steady stream for Unearthed Arcana for the past couple months, mm-hmm. but they released a, a statement saying like this month April, uh, which this is coming out of May, but whatever. Um, this month April is going to be the the end of these. Uh, multiple unarthricanas per month. They're going back to one a month um, after this, which, which is, is good. Yeah, uh, but we have quite a bit. Um, have you looked at any of them? I looked at none of them. So uh, I'll, I'll start with one of the more interesting ones that I thought was um, they uh, feats for races. Oh, that's uh, cool. Very cool. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of race specific feats, as um, per the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you don't know. It could have been feats for foot races or feet, <laughs> feats for... Uh, feats for, for feet. That's right. Um, but, oh, you know, flavor, lots of tons of flavor, you know. Uh, yeah. And they're obviously powerful because they're feats and you don't get a ton of feats in 5e. Um, one of the ones that I was like, oh, man, I'm going to make a dragonborn because I'm going to get dragon wings and get a fly speed of 20. Oh, they <laughs> brought that back. That was a 4E fi- uh, thing. You, if you aren't wearing heavy armor and aren't exceeding carrying capacity, you have a fly speed of 20. Um, you know, half-elf, half-elves get everybody's friend, uh, which gives you some automatic proficiencies and uh, increases a stat score. Um, you know, drow... Uh, get some special spells because they're drow and they're they're dripping with magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of interesting, a uh, lot of interesting little f- uh, flavor bits here. You know, for your characters, if you want to make add them to your campaign. Obviously, this is always playtest material, so it's not a hundred percent balanced, but it's balanced enough. Yeah, don't take it for <laughs> gospel. Yeah, um, which I thought was cool. So that's one. Uh, <laughs> next is. Uh, uh, I'll, you know, I'll go next. The, the also is another feats. Uh, this was previous to this one. Is feats for skills, uh, which <laughs> once again, uh, these are feats specifically. To, well, they say uh, these are feats specifically so you could be better in one skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, for for the eighteen skills, you want to be the best animal handler in the world. You can right. be. You can. Yeah, you get a nice little bonus on some little things. Uh, I like it, um, especially if you're playing like you know. If you're playing like a scholar type, there's some scholar type ones like historian. Uh, you can use like your history ability to uh, aid, you know, help with your aid another, uh, which is cool. And like all these feats, like the previous set, each of these feats, uh, well, not all of them, but well, no, all the ones here in the skills, each of them increase your stat a stat by one, which is nice because, like I said, these replace these replace skill uh, stat increases. And I think generally, if you're not min-maxing, I feel like getting a feat is more often than not a good idea. Yeah. Um, especially like Also, the- min-maxing isn't as crucial in this edition as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Because of the way, like, you know, their concept of you hit hard, like, something at first level can hit 
just as hard as you know hits you when you're first level as it could when you're level 20 pretty much it might be slightly harder to hit at level 20 but when it hits you you're still gonna take Mm. like you're gonna oh man it's actually kind of hurt i mean i like this one theologian you get uh you get thaumaturgy and detect evil and good you know um which is nice Mm -hmm. you know uh so that was that feature skills also like i said great stuff to add to your campaign um uh, uh next uh, this was also in april uh and this is where they talked about like hey this is it um this is it for like the smorgasbord you've been getting is they have some rules for downtime you know this has always been a this was in like a this is a player's handbook two kind of thing mm-hmm. this is like a dm guide two kind of thing the idea of what have the characters been doing when the game isn't in session mm-hmm. yeah and give you some basic rules to be like um we do some stuff or these are some background we go out into the city and, uh, you know, kill some goblins. We kill some goblins. We we bought it with some merchants over some, uh, you know. We, we sold some of our wares. We we talked to some politicians, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, the things that happen between the epic adventures that your adventures always go on. Um, you know, buying magic items. There's a lot of stuff here. Uh, uh, it's all, uh, in my opinion, this is all like DM stuff. So this is more of a DM specific one. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, crafting magic items, which is uh, yeah, that wasn't in the rules. That was not in the. I don't think that was in the DM guide. Uh, crafting magic items. Yeah, I think it was. Huh. Well, I guess they go into like maybe some more specific stuff, or maybe it wasn't. I can't remember at this point. I don't remember. Uh, gambling, everyone's favorite, um, <laughs> and some you know some straight up relaxation and religious mm-hmm. service. Some R and R. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, more you know just to flesh out your campaign. So you're not just like, oh, done with that adventure, go right into the next adventure. You know, a little bit of a little right. bit of role play because everyone it's a role playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. It is. It <laughs> is the first RPG. Yes. Uh and then the one the other the in the beginning of uh April, we got uh starter spells. So this adds a whole bunch of uh cantrips. cantrips. And like level one spells. Hmm. Which is always nice. Because sometimes uh you want to have uh Infestation as a uh, a conjuration spell, uh, which causes mites, fleas, and other parasites to momentarily on one creature appear, <clears throat> and they have to survive a Constitution saving throw <laughs> or flee in a random direction. <laughs> so it's a nice little utility. Uh, adds a little damage, uh, uh, you know, because it's nice to have more options. Yeah. It's always nice to have more options. This is what, that's what these unearthed arcanas always do. They always give you something, uh, you know, something to do, something to add to your campaign. So you can have a, a smorgasbord of freaking options. Um, uh, but beyond that, that's pretty much all the unearthed arcana for the month. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's going to be going back to one, which is, you know, which is going to which be. Which is okay. <laughs> it's okay. And there's still no, like, Players Handbook 2, like, on the horizon. I hope you see... Well, I, I mean, the thing is, of- you said it yourself, like, and, and this is true. A lot of the Unearthed Arcana is playtest material. And how... I mean, before they can print a book, they can't just jump the gun. They have to playtest it. So, and that sort of is a good segue into yeah. our next topic. I know. Which is... Should there be a sixth edition? That's a great question, David. You know, let's talk about that. Let's. That's just like good morning. It's like good mythical morning right there. Let's talk about that. Um, those guys are great, by the way. I actually haven't listened. Oh, I'll have to. We should invite them on our podcast sometime. I know, or vice versa. <laughs> so, um, so it's very interesting because you look at the if you look at like how 
D&D has kind of evolved, uh, you know, from going from one to two to third to fourth to fifth. So we got 3.5. Sorry, 3.5. We kind of wizards has realized with fifth edition, we realized it when we first saw the product. Mm -hmm. They're going back. They went back to 3.5. They did like a kind of like a streamlined 3.5 experience. Yep. And this is really the D&D experience that not everybody, but a majority of modern players has grown up with. So much so that Paizo took advantage of the fact that no one liked 4E and made another 3.5. He made 3.75. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think to say like, I can't say it like 100%. Side note, I saw that I got an email Paizo was releasing like bestiary like six, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm so glad I don't play this game anymore." It's <laughs> just too many books, <laughs> so many splat books. What, <coughs> though, I am actually kind of excited to try out Starfinder. But anyways, um, no, just say that again. Oh, uh, but I am actually pretty excited to try out Starfinder, um, but because I love space, <laughs> yeah, and space in a 3.5 ish environment, I actually think is pretty cool. Yeah, but I just you know. But so I think it's it's safe to say that 3.5-esque D&D is kind of like, for lack of a better word, the perfect form of D&D. The optimal. Yeah, optimal. Optimal, optimal is a better word. Thank yeah. you. It is the optimal form for D&D because there's enough rules that you can discard a whole bunch of the extra stuff that... Not a lot of people like to pay attention to, but you can still have the main game there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect the game. The quality. Yeah, exactly. It's not like fourth edition where you kind of needed everything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see. Here's the thing. From a standpoint of everything you said, I agree. I don't think there needs to be a sixth edition. I think if they just support fifth edition, they can go on for a long time. But I know Hasbro. <laughs> they have to make money somehow. And, and they, they have to get your money somehow. And inevitably, there will be a sixth edition. I just don't think it's going to make sense. I just don't know. I just don't know what it could be. That like they can't change the rules any more than they already. I mean, other than if they unless they go back to like another I, weird fourth edition version. No, I can't see a sixth edition. But just because I mean, because I just feel like what this, can you the do? Rules now? Are so like. Like you know, you kind of like you know you you uh, like like second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was very different from first edition. Yes, and then third edition was very different from that. But they built on each other. They built on the concepts mm-hmm. of the last. Fourth was very different, but just in a not in the right direction. So they so they went back. <laughs> so they went to fifth, which was more of like not a straight up line, but a more like Side. horizontal, yeah. maybe slightly diagonal line. Mm-hmm. Like a better quality, as you said, a better quality third edition a, game. A streamlined 3.5. Yeah. And then even said in the game that there are rules in which you can incorporate other editions of the game. Yeah. So they're just like, fifth edition is not only its own thing, but here's all the ways in which you can incorporate fourth edition into it, 3.5, even AD&D or original D&D. Yeah. So all in all, I just, I feel like I can't, I mean... That's the thing about innovation and invention. Like, you, can, you might not be able to imagine what the improvement is until you see it, but it might be there. So I don't know what 6th edition would be. Yeah. I can't see a 6th edition, and I feel like there's no need for 6th edition. But like I said, 
I, I know Hasbro. I mean, this also leads me to like something that's been on, like bothering me, and we've talked about this, um, you know, previously, is that we're not seeing like a ton of product when it comes to fifth edition. We're seeing like modules and adventures, yeah. But as far as like core books or like splat books, nothing other than like maybe a bestiary here and there. But I mean, that's that's the thing is I think that I mean, granted, I do think we will get a player's handbook too soon. I hope so. They're playtesting all this material. There's too much unearthed arcana not to put it into a binding and sell it for money. Yeah. But that being said, maybe not. Because the thing about fifth edition You that, think they maybe they'll just keep making unearthed arcanas? Like Because the, here's the thing about fifth edition. Fifth edition was supposed to be the streamline, and the streamline of the be all end all was this. You shouldn't need more than just the the rule book. Yeah. Not you don't need the monster manual. You don't need the DM's guide. You shouldn't need more than the player's handbook to play the game. By making all this supplementary material, it makes it almost it's like it's like legacy and vintage yeah. in magic. It makes it almost inaccessible for a newbie to come in because it's overwhelming to try and catch up with all the content that's already there. I actually kind of experienced that firsthand because someone invited uh, one of the gaming groups I play with. They tried to invite me to play a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign mm-hmm. and like we were making characters. Uh, I didn't end up playing because it was, it was an all combat campaign with no role playing. And I'm like, mm, gross. This is not for Jenga's. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's, you know, the guy's like, all right, this is all the material available to you. And he links all the unearthed arcanas that have all the race options, player options, class options. And I'm just like, bro, I'm just going to use the player handbook. <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. good enough for me. Um, and it, it is. It's solid. There's enough there. Like, you know, you don't need much more. Yeah, it's nice to have all this extra stuff. But, I mean, it's, it's like I, like we said, it's streamlined. It's good. This is all you really need. Like, Yeah. Um, Which is why I think the majority of their content is coming in the form of modules. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the players, that's the thing that players are going to buy. Like, you know. You don't need the extra rules. What you need is, I mean, you want to find new monsters. You want to find new ways to do stuff. Put it in a module. You put it in a module. And that's what they do. Like, it's the same reason why you haven't gotten a lot of, like, Forgotten Realms campaign setting stuff. You got the one Sword Coast Adventures guide. But outside of I that. I still feel like that's, like, a waste, though, because there's other stuff. And like, Well, yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked that guide. Yeah. I really did. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of the rest of the realms and other things that it was lacking, they're being, they're in modules. They're in the back of modules. I just hope I mean? that they... I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if we're hear about it first at uh, Gen Con or if we're going to hear about it first at Hascon. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to save some stuff for Hascon because mm-hmm. it's Hasbro. It's still Dungeons and Dragons. It's still under Hasbro. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see what they do. Yeah, but I, I'd be curious. I, I feel like we'll hear something this year. About at least some kind of new product, because there's nothing else on the horizon. <laughs> well, there is, because we just found out that nope. there's a deck-building game. That's absolutely correct, David. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I like deck-building games. Yeah. We talked last time on our last episode about That's Legendary. Right. Which is a um, deck-building. Which is a deck-building game. And, you know, I've said before, Mage Knight, another deck-building game, among other things. Um, I like deck-building games. I really do. Um it's part of the reason why I love magic is building decks. A D&D deck building game? I mean, Pathfinder did it. Yeah, but I didn't play the Pathfinder one. I know. And I have no interest to play the Pathfinder <laughs> one. Um, but um, it, it was a solid game from I what just, I played. 
for me, historically, I feel like D&D-esque games that aren't D&D aren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 mean, I, 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 I 100% disagree with that because, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the Lords of Waterdeep uh, is a great board game. <laughs> I didn't play it yet. Yeah, it's a great. But, I mean, I'm just judging based off. Of, I'm looking on my shelf. Yeah, the old like Castle Ravenloft, the Legend mm-hmm. of Dritz board games. I mean, granted, those were also I've, based on fourth edition rules, but fourth edition rules work really well for a for board, board game. game. Yeah, and I, I don't know. They were fun like for a little while, but I just never really. I don't know. I didn't really. Uh, yeah, I mean, D and D has had a uh, a hit and miss kind of. Uh, relationship with board games mm-hmm. um like i said i think lords of Waterdeep is actually really good and i do recommend it and there's an app for that too for uh, ios and android you can check that out um but i'm also biased because it's a worker placement game um, <laughs> uh but makes uh, sense but uh you know uh but i like when wizards kind of takes doesn't always do like that figure based dungeon crawling experience okay um so this game is called this game is created by uh catalyst game labs um they're partnering with wizards of the coast to make the new dungeons and dragons deck building game uh the game is called Dragonfire. Uh, it is a cooperative deck builder game based on dungeons and dragons uh combines the vast lore of the DD universe with the fast play of a deck building game uh so this game is based off of the shadow run crossfire game engine um, I watched a quick, I, I, I didn't watch the full review, but I watched a quick review, like a quick little bit of bits of this, uh, this deck builder. Mm. And it seems like it's, it is, it's more in line with the Pathfinder card game, but not a hundred percent. It's got, it's going to probably have its own little quirks, but it definitely looks like you'll, you'll have a character card that'll be like a race. I wonder if there'll be even more customiz- custom uh, more customization where you like you pick a race card and you pick a class card and then you go from she there. She played the race card. <laughs> oh man! God damn it, Dave! <laughs> That's you know the jokes are gonna come in. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. But um. But I, I'd be curious to see what it's like because they do mention they do mention races they do mention classes. They mentioned like you'll get weapons, spells, and magic items along to adventure along the famed Sword Coast <laughs> and journey where else, <laughs> right? I mean that is their thing, Dave. Right? Um, but it it looks cool. Um, just from what I'm reading, I mean I like 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 we said we like a good deck builder. Um, is this a game that we'll pick up and play? What do you think? Uh, considering who we are and what this podcast is about, <laughs> I feel it's almost probably, yeah, it's kind of like inevitable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they don't have a date as to when it's going to be coming out. Um, but you know, we'll we'll keep you abreast of the situation, and uh, when we find out, and uh, if we when we play it, uh, we'll get to we'll let you know what it's like. Interesting. I'm reading more of it. Sorry. Uh, it's like they even have like Dungeons and Dragons, the deck builder. Oh, Dragonfire is a three to six player. I like this three to six players, though. Yeah. Um, so while we're uh, speaking about deck building, man, it should be like the segue episode part two. Yeah, right. Um, while we're speaking of deck building. So um, instead of your basic board games this month, what we are going to review um, moving forward is TCGs. Yeah. We're going to talk about. 
little bit TCGs of, of the past. A little bit of history of TCGs. Yeah, I our, mean our history. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what we've played and kind of our own our own basic thoughts. And we won't spend too much time on each, and we'll give them all a quick thumbs up or thumbs down. But yeah. obviously, magic is not going to be a part of this because you know our thoughts on magic. Yeah, Pokemon. thumbs down. Yeah, right <laughs> up. no, the thumbs up, obviously. But um, Pokemon. Pokemon. So that was the first TCG that I really experienced outside of magic. Me too. Um, you know, it's it was you know because that was it came out. Got to get that the, Charizard it came man. Out at the hypest of like the pinnacle of Pokemon hype. Yeah, they it, said, it, like, it came out where like you know everybody you walked into school and every day somebody you heard go got to catch them all, got to catch them yeah, all. You know the cartoon, catch them the cartoon, all, cartoon catch was all. airing. The video games were already out. I think it was red still and, red and blue, still red and blue yep, at that time. It was basic. It was red and yeah. blue. First season yeah. anime. And then they're like, hey, hey kids. You got all that money? Got all that spare cash lying around? We got something for you right here. It's called Pokemon the TCG. Look, it's all your favorite Pokemon. Look, it's Charizard <laughs> in a holographic form. That's right. You can evolve them. <laughs> and yeah. you get energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like the mechanics of the Pokemon TCG. I hate it. Really? Yeah. I always thought it was pretty fun. You no, know, but like, Professor Oak wins games. Professor Oak does win that games. Te- that's where I, I mean, that's where we learned it. <laughs> Professor Oak, I remember how powerful... Pro- went to my first Pokemon tournament, and I just remember, like, I got stomped on. And most of it was just because <laughs> Professor Oak. Just drop a hand, play Professor Oak, get a new hand. Done. Yeah, that's it. Wheel of Fortune, man. <laughs> that's the magic card. Um, but, like, you know, Pokemon TCG, like I said, and it had great art, uh... You know, it had solid, I mean, it was a solid game. So solid, in fact, that it's still thriving today. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it is, it is like, there are still Pokemon tournaments. Like, my uh, my local car shop still has, like, Pokemon tournaments, and they're packed with people. People, like, coming to sign up, people getting that new set. You know, they want those new Pokemon, and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of strategy. I don't, I don't know too much about the modern strategy. I always played I it, like. Yeah, I don't think you I, need to. I, I always played it where I was like, oh, I like these cards. But apparently there's, like, a. There's like strategies now, like Mewtwo is like really powerful. Really? Uh, Mewtwo? You yeah, don't say. I know, right? Wild. But uh but yeah, Pokemon. Um so what do you rate it, David? I'm I'll, basing I'll, I'll it on, some, on base, I mean you have some more thoughts on it. I mean my thoughts are this. It was the it was the first card game I really like got into. I got into magic first, but like I played it because a friend played it. And the I think the strategy and the meta and everything I love about Magic now might have been a, uh, maybe slightly beyond my years at the time. I remember when Magic used to come with that with the rule book. Yeah, I know. Like not just like the basic like here's how to play quick start guide that probably would have helped a kid at that age, but I mean like you bought a starter deck and there was that little like pamphlet like like, like <laughs> 60 page rule book with the like writing the size of like microscopic germs <laughs> i love those with, things with terminology that just I, I would, made no sense i would keep it around with me and be like oh my god magic rules <laughs> i just remember i, I love the i know this is weird but i loved the old smell of magic cards mm, i don't remember magic cards smell. have a smell now but there was like an old smell like the fifth edition like starter deck i opened which is like my first magic deck ever I just remember like <laughs> this, like this, this specific odor when I opened that pack and the rule book had it. And that was what the rule book was good for, for me to flip through the pages and inhale that smell. That was it. Hey, Dave, I thought we were in talk about magic for this segment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's true. I got off track. Um, see, cause magic just pulls you in. Uh, but 
I didn't really play Magic at the level at which I, I do now. And because of that, it wasn't as interesting as, hey, look, Pokemon cards. <laughs> so I ended up tossing all my Magic cards, which was a big mistake. Yep. To this day, I regret because I have no idea what I had. Like, oh, I could have had I, anything. I had, I had so many nice cards. I could have had anything. Um, and I got Pokemon cards. And I remember I had, like, first edition. And, like, that was... That's I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but in terms of the game itself, mm, I liked it at the age I was at, but mm-hmm. it's not. It wasn't my favorite. I found the rules to just be like clunky. That's the way I can describe Pokemon when it first came out. It felt clunky. I wonder if it's streamlined now. Well, I'm sure it is. It's yeah. gotta be. But it just it felt it did feel clunky to me. Um, in terms of a collectible, now obviously you know you wanted to be. Like, the best kid in the school to have Pokemon cards. I remember yeah. going to Japan specifically to get, like, Pokemon products. <laughs> um, you know, my parents would always go to these random locations. My mother works for the airlines. So, like, we'd, you know, fly to, like, places that, for practically nothing. And so I remember one summer she was, like, it was a summer in between fourth and fifth grade. And she said, you know, where do you want to go for vacation? And I said, well, let's go to Japan. <laughs> you and lucky it, kid. And it was, and it, but the thing is, at the time, I didn't appreciate the culture. I didn't really, I wasn't into anime outside of Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z. And like, I was like such a basic, like little, like, I can't, you can't even call it an otaku. It's like, I was your basic, like, dweeb taku. <laughs> like, like, it was just the most basic form You're of some myself. Some kind of Giku? Some kind of Giku. And, <laughs> I would have appreciated Japan as a country much more now in my adult years, but I did go there specifically for Pokemon cards and among other Pokemon products. And I remember coming back and being like the coolest kid because I had the first expansion, the jungle expansion. Ooh. I had Japanese jungle cards before any of my friends did. Also, for some reason, every kid at school thought I, just because I had Japanese cards and had gone to Japan, I had somehow learned with Japanese and <laughs> that I knew what the cards did and I did not and I would blatantly lie to them and be like oh yeah this card does this and this yeah. card does this which the funniest part about that is this girl Yumi um, Yamada was her name um, which I actually just became Facebook friends with I tracked her down she went back to Japan Weird. but she lived in America for a while she was from Japan and she's bilingual Um she rarely spoke to me. She really she had this one friend, uh, Mariam, and she'd speak to Mariam all the time. But like, I would like barely hear Yumi speak. But I just, looking back on it now, I can just imagine like this girl who's who's fluent in Japanese, who's born with her native tongue, and here I am saying like what this Pokemon card does and this and that. Street probably <laughs> just like what an asshole. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Just like just baka. <laughs> oh, like you know what I mean? Like in the corner, and I'm probably just like yeah, yeah. Pokemon. Come on, guys. Pokemon cards. Um, so I, all in all, I mean to rate it um, for nostalgia, yeah, and the hype at the time, a thumbs up. As a card game, uh, I give it a thumbs down. Uh, I give two thumbs. Well, for both for nostalgia, and I think it still plays pretty. I think I like playing it so much. Yeah, um, you know if I. If I wasn't so invested in magic, I'd be curious to try, but eh, I'm not super, but I still think it's a solid game. So much so, like I said, it's still popular today. Mm-hmm. Um, next card game I played uh, was, I don't know if you ever played it. If you didn't, I'll speak about it quickly, was Digimon. 
Oh, I'm shaking my head. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I just yeah. realized this is an <laughs> doesn't make sound. It <laughs> doesn't make sound to shake it. Uh, um, but no, I did not play Digimon. Yeah, I did. I played Digimon after Pokemon. I did, and I kept my Pokemon. I don't even cards. remember the Digimon card game. I don't. I barely remember the Digimon card <laughs> game. I just remember I played it. Similar to Pokemon in some ways, different in others. I don't believe there was any energy in Digimon. But there was an evolution system. Yeah. You could digivolve your I'm, Digimon. I'm kind of like, it's kind of like flashing to um, me in my head. I don't, I'm still not 100% though. I just remember like how happy I was to get like a, like, you know, metal Greymon and Ooh. like, you know, digivolve them and attack with them. And like, I I played a lot with, with John and I briefly, from what I remember, I enjoyed the game, but I have a feeling if I went back and played to be a thumbs down. <laughs> I have a feeling that was much worse than Pokemon. You don't see the Digimon card game these days. No, so. you don't. So let's let's just say that's a thumbs down. Um, after that, I went to WWF. Yeah. Not WWE. WWF Raw Deal. Yeah. I didn't um, play that one either. Oh, you would have loved Raw Deal. <laughs> I'm sure I would have. It, it was Commander, but with like wrestling. <laughs> It, you had, really? you yeah. had your wrestler as your commander? Your wrestler was your commander. So I could have like Austin. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had an Austin deck. <laughs> I had and I had a stunner in it, which was awesome. Nice. Like There's so many good cards. I had an Austin deck, I had a rock deck. I remember so, one of the best, hold on, one of the best sets that ever came out. The one that was most memorable at the time that I played Raw Deal was the trash can set. <laughs> and it was like a mini trash can and inside were two tag team um, decks. The one tag team deck was... And I don't remember if you, I think they were like, it was like two on one card. I don't think they were separate. Maybe they were, but the two tag team decks in there, one was um, Taker and Kane. Ooh, that's a nice tag team. And the other was uh, Austin and Triple H, who at the, because at the time of the storyline, those were two oh tag my God, teams. they were. And that, that trash can set was, oh, so many good cards in that set. But Raw Deal was, was great. You had like your little, you had your wrestler. And there were basic moves, like, similar to other card games. There were, like, basic cards that could go in any deck. Like, you know, a suplex or this or that. But then there were, like, specific cards, rares, that were, like, you know, wrestler-specific. Like, Ooh. you can't put a stunner in the rock deck. Like, but he did a stunner It doesn't once. matter. can't do it. <laughs> um, you know, you can't put the rock bottom in the Hardy's deck. Oh, um, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Hardy's are back now, by the way. I don't know if I you know, noticed. I did. I did. I watched them. Yeah. Um, it was so cool. Great. Um, <laughs> it's for a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I, I loved wrestling at that time, at that of the era of the peak wrestling era, the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era. Um, Everyone harkens back to that era. That was, that was, that was wrestling in its best. <laughs> yeah. Hands down, like that was that was good. That was just good TV. Um, but uh, part of that has to do with the quality of the entertainers who were on TV at oh, the time, hundred percent. Um, which they're just not the same now. I'm, I mean, I would disagree, no, but no, they're just not. <laughs> there's no there. There's only one Dwayne the Rock Johnson. There's only one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I understand. Like oh man. Anyway, um, so I very much enjoyed Raw Deal. Um, I lo- I played in tournaments. Yeah. You have something to say about Roger? I have something interesting. I have a little interesting uh, factoids. Yeah. Uh, if you want. So, um, so Raw Deal, introduced in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, went until uh, December of 2007. Wow. Uh, December of 2007, they lost a license. The, but 
As of 2008, many of the players banded together to continue the game in what is now called the virtual era. To date, seven virtual sets have been released, adding over 2,000 new cards to the game. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about fan like support. I, wrestling fans, man. Like, damn. That's cool. So my question was, how did it play? Great. Like, what was like the flow of the game? You play a move, your opponent might counter your move. So like, do you, you play health? a move? Like, is it like uh, dual monsters? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's just like dual monsters. You know, it's hard for me to remember. It really is hard for me to remember the exact rules of the game. But I just remember like there being like a pile and there being maneuvers and countering maneuvers and and like I can't quite remember the rule system, but I remember it, I'll tell you this. I remember it was hella fun. I remember it was a very fun game to play. It was quick. The pace of it was usually pretty quick. That's nice. That's always good in a card game. Um, yeah, you had it, it was surprising at moments. Um, I would I would give it a thumbs up today. I'm sure if I looked up the rules and found decks and are still, I wish I'd kept decks. Um, I'm sure I can buy them like, Or if they're like hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars like yeah. the back end. Trash can set, like $8,000. Vintage. Like, Fuck. First print um, trash set. Oh, can set. hey, that actually, thank you. I never got back to this when we were talking about Pokemon. Something that carried over to Digimon and might have even carried over in a raw deal, but I'm not sure. The idea, um, from a collecting standpoint, um, the one gripe I had about at least Digimon and Pokemon and possibly raw deal, I don't remember for sure. The idea of a first edition print. It's too much. Yeah. Magic doesn't do it. It's good that they don't. Um, because, like... Is that collector's it, value? It really, like, nobody cares about your shitty unlimited print. <laughs> like, if you didn't get the first edition print run, you might as well not even collect the cards. Yeah. Um, well, Magic kind of has that in, like, the vintage kind of set. But they don't. They really don't. There's a first edition like, because the vintage sets, like, even in Eternal Masters, those cards, some of the values might have dropped, but I mean, like, Force of Will is still Force of Will. It doesn't matter what art you have, it's still, like, 80 bucks. <laughs> like, you know true. what I mean? Like, it's it's but just... people pay for those early Well, of course, but, but the difference is is, is less. Yeah. It's a it's less I, of a difference. I, I, like, I guess, I'm talking I'm, like, guess I'm speaking more to, like, Power 9 and stuff like that. I'm know? talking, like, a first edition Charizard, yeah. like, nowadays, is still, like, a good... I won't. I won't estimate too far out of twenty dollars, but let's just say twenty dollars. It might be a lot more. It's still a lot for yeah. what it is. And like the exact same card <laughs> printed at a time that was near the same. Like I'm not talking like a reprint. I'm talking like, like they re- in the first set. Like <laughs> yeah. like you just got it a week later. Right now, maybe a dollar. <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. literally, that first edition made all the difference in terms of its collectability and its value. Um, so I hate the idea of first editions. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, Raw Deal is a game, quick, fun, definitely two thumbs up. Cool. Um, From there, I went to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh was next. Um, Duel, Duel Monsters so, uh, came on TV uh, and Shonen Jump was pounding <laughs> out Yu-Gi-Oh manga and everything in my life and was you, like, play you, Yu-Gi-Oh. You got Yu-Gi-Oh promos in you those did. Shonen Jump. You did. The Yu-Gi-Oh video Which games still, gave promos. I think they kind of, I, I don't know if they still do it now, but they did it very recently. Like, they still kept printing like Yu-Gi-Oh cards with like... It's, Yu-Gi-Oh is still, there's a still market. Just yeah. like you said with Pokemon, like... 100%. Yu-Gi-Oh stores fill up, people play. Mm-hmm. There are tournaments. There's a <laughs> there's a band list. There's a band list and a restricted list. And like um Yu-Gi-Oh as a game 
I played Yu-Gi-Oh very briefly. Um, What'd you I think? S- well, I still liked it because it, it plays like the not a hundred percent like the show, but like you still like I played this in attack mode, and it's like there's I never got a hundred percent into the strategy. I think you got more into the strategy. I was Yu-Gi-Oh. I was sick at that game than I did. I played it more like a casual. Like I like cards that look cool. Oh no, look, I, it's I, blue I had, eyes, white dragon. No, I, you don't play blue eyes. <laughs> blue eyes is a bad card. <laughs> It's the card from the cartoon show. It's two trib, and you have no. It's a two trib card, and it what has. Does that even mean? Oh, two, two tributes. Yes. That's, I'm sorry. Excuse like... me. I'm, I'm getting back into my Yu-Gi-Oh slang. <laughs> it was it was a two trib card, and it was three thousand power, which is great, but it had no effects. Absolutely no effects. Um, there were other cards like. That were one or two tribs about, that were about, so much better. Dark Magician. No, even worse. Chaos That's two Magician? Trib- no. <laughs> the face Dave's giving me when I say these cards like pains him. Like, so you be like- cards, I can tell you cards that were like staples at the time. And some of them, Jinzo was a staple. Okay. He got, I think he got banned in like the regular format and then he's restricted in their version of like Legacy. Mm. Um, Jinzo was a staple. Because that was a great card. That was a one trip card, and it just negated all trap cards. Like that was that's powerful. That was super powerful because trap cards were like it's like it, in the magic equivalent would be like Teferi. Yeah, your opponents just can't play instants, or you for that matter. I mean, it's like a full on Teferi, but like it locked the game down. It, it did. It's unless pace. you had quick, unless you had like you had to play a quick play magic card. And hope that it was something that could counteract Jinzo. Otherwise, you were you were done. Um, I had Jinzo counter in my deck just because of that. Um, and abilities, it wasn't like the stack wasn't like magic. It wasn't like, you know, there was no killing him before he hit or no countering him. Like, no, it hits if he the hits, those trap cards are done. <laughs> They're just done. Um so all in all, like I mean, like cards like that. Other cards I can tell you that were staple cards that I remember from the game. I had a Yada Garasu. I loved Yada locking people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know uh, what Yada? Nope. Little bird creature, no trib, just little bird comes out has like two hundred attack. But if you swing with it, and if your opponent takes life point damage from it, they don't draw it on the next turn. That's ridiculous. So if they don't have something in their hand or on the field to get rid of that card, you just locked them out of the game. That card was banned in the regular <laughs> format within like a week of it being released. Banned a week after it came out. Come on, Yugi. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm serious. Like, Yada Garasu, because you, you, it was just so easy to Yada lock people. Did, did, did you have Exodia? I had an Exodia deck. Yeah. At one time, yeah. The oh. entire deck was just a bunch of draw. Cards that let me draw more and more, and to, or or search for things to put in my hand. Um, one thing I didn't like about the the game in terms of the the Exodia play was um, all the Exodia cards always had to be in your hand. Mm. Um, so there were a lot of cards that could fetch something to the field, but it didn't matter if like one piece was on the field and four pieces were in your hand, you couldn't win that way. Mm. They all had to be in your hand. But I thought he always um, played the cards, right? That's why it didn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Yadagarasu Wait, you was mean, one. You mean I can't chaos fuse? chaos emperor dragon envoy of the end? Oh my god, that's a that's a that's that a, was a card. That card was great because that was sort of a two tribute card, but not really. You only had to remove a light and dark creature from your graveyard from the game, and then it came in. In addition to having pretty much the same power and toughness of a blue eyes, it was like three thousand attack and maybe twenty five hundred defense or something like that, or maybe it was three thousand three thousand. I can't remember. 
Um, it had this sick ability that when you activate it, like you you destroy all cards on the field and discard all all cards and eat in everybody's hand. And so, oh, so essentially all cards in the game in the graveyard. And like for every card that goes away that way, it deals like 500 damage to your opponent. Wow. So, yeah. So it's pretty much like if it came out, like it was the envoy of the end. Like you were going <laughs> to you were going to destroy. Um, and then there was uh, Black Luster, Black Luster Soldier, Envoy of the Beginning, um, which was like his counterpart. Oh, um, also fancy. another great card. Um, card Barrel Dragon. Um, the great the card. one that I confuse with my no no no, my no, no. just just the one that by itself you can flip <laughs> coins and kill things. Oh. It was great. Um, I, mean, I can't have my Elf Warrior even, ride the Barrel Dragon. Even better than that, <laughs> Blowback Dragon, which was the one trib Barrel Dragon, slightly depowered. Morphing Jar was a great one. Well, I mean, it's Morphing Jar. Um, Cyber Jar was a better one. <laughs> um, there are so many good cards. Sounds but like you really enjoyed this Yu-Gi-Oh card. Game. I did. I give it a thumbs up. I I enjoyed the hell out of Yu-Gi-Oh. And had no, Dave. had my friends not stopped playing, I don't know if I ever would have switched back to Magic. Wow. That's intense. I, I think part of the reason my friends stopped playing was me. No, I say that in all seriousness. I think they were just tired. Like I got so into it, and my deck just became almost unbeatable. And like everybody left it and went to Magic or something else. And John was the only one left in Yu-Gi-Oh for the longest time. And then eventually he just threw in the towel. He was like, "I'm <laughs> done with him. this." And I was just like, I was, I was, I was heartbroken. I was like, "Oh." The king stands alone on the mountain of the corpses of his victims. Yeah, <laughs> my Yu-Gi-Oh deck was sick, man. But I give it a thumbs up. Cool. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh's cool. I think it's cool. Still, like I said, it's another one of those games. Stands the test of time. Still around today. Still making new sets. I wouldn't say I switched to this next game. I would just say I played it slightly in addition to the Warcraft TCG. Yes. I I also say that it was fun. Uh, I, I hated it. Really? Yeah. I thought it had an interesting mechanic because it's like, you know. Um, oh, by the way. Sorry. Going back real quick. Yu-Gi-Oh's collectability. I gotta always remember to, to comment on collectability. Yes, ruined itself. Really? What happened? Um, within after the first couple printings of sets, they did what would be the magic version of like a modern masters, mm-hmm. but did it in a way where they flooded. First off, they downgraded the rarity of some of the best cards. Like Jinzo went from being like it was like a super ultra rare, whatever it was, where it was like one in every couple boxes got a Jinzo to. Like a basic rare. You get wow. a non-hollow basic rare. So they, they flooded the market with downgraded rarities of cards that were popular. And, and it made the prices of the originals tank. Um, and to this day, the market just is, is horrible for Yu-Gi-Oh! Because they just they do that all the time. They just reprint, reprint, flood, 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 flood. So Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, a lot of them that I had are worth nothing. I only have one card that's worth anything. But it's one of those things that it's like only worth what someone's going to pay for. I have a, um, a Dark Magician from the Game Boy game, which was a promo that came with like, I remember it came with a Dark Magician, it came with the Head of Exodia, and it came with Blue Eyes. All three of those from that first Game Boy game, it was yeah. like Game Boy Advance. Um, those promos are worth like $200 a piece. Wow. But once again, that's, you know. If well, someone's willing to pay for it. Right, because at the end of the day. They have to be there. They have to be in the market for that specific dark magician because otherwise they can buy a fifty cent dark magician that does the exact same thing. You can't go to like Troll and Toe and be like, "Hey, you guys buying this at that value?" That's exactly what I did. Oh, I sent it to them. They sent it back and said, "We're not buying this." Oh no! Which is funny because I'm just like, "Why? You have it on your your website. You're out of stock. Like you should buy it." (laughs) Um, 
But no, I did. I did try to sell it. I'll, I'll try to sell it to them again at some point if I ever see it out of stock again. But the, like I said, the thing is, is that the why pay that much money for a dark magician when you can get a 50 cent dark magician and there's no difference except the art? Who knows, David? I'm not a collector like that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. So back to Warcraft. Wow, TCG. Yeah. By Cryptozoic. <laughs> um, I didn't, it's not that I hated it. It was just okay. I liked it. Um, I thought it had like pretty interesting, uh, uh, a pretty interesting mechanic because like I like the fact that any card in your hand can become a uh, a mana. Um, I like that because a quest, kinda, yeah, quest. Because it kind of like it kind of evened out the curve a little bit, so you weren't always you never really hurt for mana. You just had to make the decision whether you want to wait for that. the quest. Yeah, I hated that because the thing was is I never wanted to make that decision. Yeah, I always wanted the quest. I didn't want to get rid of the good card. I, I was that was uh, that was at a time where I started really appreciating game design mechanics, and I liked that. I liked that it was different than Magic. Um, but that's the thing; it really wasn't. No, one hundred percent, it was not. It was. It was. <laughs> it was Magic. Yeah, it was Commander Magic. Actually, yeah, you get to choose a hero. Yeah, it was. It was straight up Commander Magic, except anything could be a mana. Otherwise, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at magic through and through. Yeah, um, and I give it a but thumbs the, down. Uh, I give it a thumbs up. It had a good run. Uh, it's not around today. Um, thumbs down, was, especially because the only became, reason it became Hearthstone. Um, yeah, <laughs> and the only reason to play that WoW TCG, in my opinion, was if you were playing World of Warcraft and you wanted a shot at a sweet. Loot I mean, card. you can't not talk about that, right? Spectral Spe- Tiger. Speaking of collectability, we always got to go back to that. Yeah, if you want to talk about collectability and value. The, the WoW TCG. The, yeah. You know, the, because, that's, well, not the cards themselves, just specifically the, the loot cards. Oh, yeah. No, I know. If you had an uns, like To this day, if you have an unscratched special tiger, I can't imagine how much it's got to be now. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. even thousands. No, I don't think so. No? No. I don't know. Wow, people are crazy, man. They are crazy, man. They love their mounts. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that like that There's was... There's a lot of like rare mounts where you can't get them anywhere else but the wow tcg uh and they or don't pets and they don't replay yeah in pets and they don't like reprint them um so it's like tabards even yeah my old mage my old horde mage undead still has that like awesome tabard that i got <laughs> from a from a wow tcg code um so like, um, that was cool yeah so collectability uh, in that regard that was great and in the other regard it never really took off because the yeah. game wasn't it, i mean it, it had a following thrive. but yeah it died I know um, it didn't thrive because our buddy Robin, yeah. who would go and like, and they would just, oh my God, like we, our buddy Robin somehow, I don't remember how it all started. I think it was like, it was one year at Comic-Con, somehow or another, Ultra Pro like asked him to be like a judge for the WoW TCG. He had to just pass some little dink test. He did it. And he went there, and he and he offered. Hey, like we all could have gone and been like he offered. It's like, does anybody else want to go be WoW judges? And I was like, nah. You know what? I'd rather just walk around the Javits Center. Like yeah. I don't want to be judging WoW the entire time. And then when Khan was over, he had like like twelve boxes of like the newest <laughs> packs of Hearth, like or not Hearthstone, but you know yeah. World of Warcraft TCG. And I was just like, holy crap, man! Like. Did you buy all that? He's like, no, they just kept giving it to me. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, game's not doing so hot if you're oh, just well. giving that many boxes away. Um, but it's now Hearthstone. It is now Hearthstone. It evolved into Hearthstone, and which is a very popular online uh, 
C- no, CCG. Yeah, CCG. Yeah, not TCG because you can't trade. No. Um, in terms of game, I like Hearthstone. Oh, me too. Um, once again, commander style in the sense that you have like a hero, mm-hmm. but different. Different than magic in the sense that, and that's what I like. I kind of throw everything back to magic because magic was sort of the first it's real the base, really. TCG. So it's, are you copying magic or are you your own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, Hearthstone, I mean, every game is going to have similar aspects, obviously. There's only so many ways in which you can play a card game. But um, I think Hearthstone did a good job of distancing itself. I mean, first off, in terms of resources, I like the Hearthstone resource a lot better than the original WoW TCG. Because it doesn't allow it doesn't require me to put resources into my yeah, deck. You're not forcing You just yourself. have a mana gem yep. and without without card augmentation, you're getting one cumul- cumulative mana gem a turn to a maximum of ten. Mm-hmm. Um and then you can play as many spells with that much resource as you've got. And there are cards that can augment that. Like if you're a druid, I know druids play a lot with yep. mana gems and this and that and temp stuff. And Shamans lock out their mana gems. Yep. So I mean like that that's a thing, but at the same time, like I I liked that it was like you don't have to worry about mana. They're going to have the resource. It's just about timing mm-hmm. and the strategy of the cards that you put into. It's about your curve. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the way in which your specific deck plays. Certain decks, certain heroes play with better curves than mm-hmm. others. You know what I mean? Like I've, warriors tend to play a better long game. Like their their short game is not there. They're not the aggro deck. They're not the kill you in the first couple turns. They're yeah. the wait you out and then just annihilate you like late game i have a pretty fun uh warrior deck that does exactly that yeah i mean shamans they tend to be the early game yeah they're like the aggro deck they're the deck where in the early turns you can't keep up with their, <laughs> what they're doing and you're just like how do i get around this and then you're because they, they they sacrifice later resources for early game advantage exactly um, which is very powerful in hearthstone mm-hmm. um Mages are masters of like spells and like that's my augmenting deck. spells. I and- play mage, but <laughs> the only thing I mean, I like Hearthstone as a game. I have fun when I play it. The only thing I I don't like about it, the two things I don't like about it, um, really. The first is maybe it's because I don't play it often enough that I don't understand the meta. But I just I just feel like my matchups are so random and my deck fares so differently every time. Like I don't have a consistent like play yeah you know what i mean like i feel like my deck like i'll face one deck and sometimes it'll be the same hero mm-hmm. like i'll face shaman over and over and over again there's thrall again and one time my deck will do like a sweep and be like amazing yeah and then the next time i'll get crushed <laughs> and the next time it'll be a standstill and i'm just like i don't know if it's because i don't know the meta i don't know if that's just because that's how the game plays I don't know if there are actually legitimate stronger decks than other decks. If there is like a, a such a thing, I'm assuming there is, but it just it plays weird to me in the sense that like in terms of consistency, I can see that. Um, I actually have two more gripes. One I've mentioned before on an earlier podcast. Some of the card designs do not belong. Yeah. What's his face? Reno Jackson. Re- thank you. Reno Jackson. He's not on standard anymore. I don't care. I don't care what he's in. He shouldn't be in the game. <laughs> um, that card makes it... That I hate it. I hate it so it's much. It's not fun. It should not be something that exists. Um, it's way too easy to just completely like overthrow your opponent with that card. Um, and then the last thing I don't like about it um, is that it is a CCG. Yes. 
I don't want to. I don't like spending that much time and effort in something. It would be really nice if there was a trading mechanic. I really wish I could trade cards because not trading cards. Granted, I know why you can't. Oh yeah, money, money, <laughs> because they want you to spend more time in the game. Yeah, they have a crafting system, but it's the crafting system is shitty. Like the resources it takes to break down the cards that you don't want and turn mm. them into the cards you do. Is time-consuming. Yes, And you is. have to play the game to and do the, that. And the odds to get the cards you need are very low, and it's very difficult to make. If you know, It'd be a lot easier if I could be like, Jengis, do you want this uh, sweet this, like, warrior I don't play druid, card? Here like, you go, yeah. bud. Oh, thank you. An amazed card? Great. Yeah. yeah, I mean... That would be nice. So, But it would ruin their... It would ruin the, the addiction their for them. Their bottom line. <laughs> yeah. So I think that it is... It's a good game, though. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy it when I play it overall. Um... I'm a fan of Hearthstone. I, uh, it's a fun little, like my, my little, I, I, when I first started, I, uh, I had a really great mage deck. This was before they did like standard rotations. Mm-hmm. So like it was just a solid aggro mage deck. I didn't care about creatures. All my things were just to augment my spells. So I just threw all the spells at the enemy hero. And yeah, it wouldn't do well against decks that could kind of like protect against it like warrior, warrior. Or stuff like that but against like everything else it was just like boom 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 fireball you're dead yep um, i didn't even have the legendary i didn't have archmage antonitis who turned all your gave you a free fire fireball large spell, spell. Yep. um but uh but i still like my my cons- i was like every season i was like every month that they rotate a new card back i'd be like all right hit 20 i'm done hit yep. 20 i'm done um uh, I recently came back into the game uh, just because like, and a lot of people I know play, and I actually like it. And plus, there's always bonuses, cross-promotional bonuses, which are really nice. Um, but I think uh, I think Hearthstone still has room to grow. Um, they're definitely they're they're still you know they're doing their best as far as like making the game fresh. And not making a stale environment. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they just added these new quest cards. That's funny, right? It's yes. back. Um, but it's different this time. Um, and I think that adds a nice little mechanic. And it kind of like pushes your deck one way, but I don't mind that so much. Um, and I like the fact that they have a standard rotation now. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about, you know, like, oh, this card's really annoying and I have to deal with this all the time. Oh, this card will be gone in about like a year. But mm-hmm. hey. Um, See, when you say it for Hearthstone, it's no big deal. When you say it for Magic, you're like, oh, geez, a year. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Did you notice that? Did you I notice did. that when you, you just said the yeah, exact right. same thing? That's why, David, a completely I'm, different tonal shift. I'm a Blizzard shift. salesperson. Yeah, right. You're, you're a Blizzard, not Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I love you both. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love Hearthstone. I think it's a great game. You know what's funny is that a lot of games are now you, – you, you had magic clones. But mm-hmm. Now you have Hearthstone, Hearthstone clones, clones yeah. which is really funny. I mean the thing about Hearthstone also that is both a pro and a con I think is its virtual format. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on multiple platforms. Yeah. I mean as a pro, it's on multiple platforms. It makes it accessible to a lot of people. And your collection is entirely online. Mm-hmm. You never have to worry about it taking it with you. There's All your cards are always there. Wizards should really take. Uh, here's, here's my issue, though. I Because of that, there's no value to your cards. Mm-hmm. Like, calling it a collectible card game is kind of weird. I kind of just want to call it a card game. It's really a digital card game. Yeah. That's a much better phrase. Because really, that, you're not even though you are technically in the act of collecting things there's no value when you say collectible card game it usually implies there's a value to the collectible um in hearthstone there's not if you end up spending money on them which they want you to do they love when you do it 
you'll never get that money back. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no there's no profit to be gained in the cards and in the system that you're playing. Mind you, I know if you get really good, obviously there's like big time tournaments that have cash prizes. I'm sure, but I'm talking at the base level. Like like I have a bunch of Hearthstone cards. I cannot trade them to get magic cards. I cannot no. sell them to somebody. If you complete the set, even... you don't get a foil uh, a foil sheet. <laughs> the the only thing I could possibly do would be to put up my entire Blizzard account for sale, which is illegal by their standards. You know, they get all pissy and they try and lock you out. And I could try and sell my WoW account, but I'd simultaneously be selling my Diablo account yep. and my Hearthstone account, all for the sake of however much money. But even then, it wouldn't be worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my final piece. But all in all, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, me too. So that kind of wraps it up. Yeah, I think so. That's our uh, our wonderful, awesome May podcast. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> if uh, you did, please send us an email at mail at geekade.com. Yeah, or, you know, obviously put a comment com- in or... On the show page. Um, send, uh, write us a review on iTunes. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, as always... Have fun. Indeed. Continue gaming. That's right. And we'll be back next month. Hey, yeah. See ya. What was that I just said? <laughs>